and welcome back to the Cheeky Crypto Podcast with your host, Joe and Mike. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest joining us. I'm delighted to introduce All In Crypto. All In, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, and thank you very much for having me on. It's always a pleasure to come on and talk with some people as passionate about this space as, as you guys and your community. Thank you. And uh, Mike, how are you this morning? I know I appreciate uh, you've got up really early for us here. Yeah. Hey, it's all good. Look, my sister went to labor last night, so I got the text late last night. So, yeah, I didn't really sleep very well. But hey, I was excited because I, I was watching All In's uh, YouTubes last night before I went to bed. And it was uh, it's pretty interesting because I, I feel like our thoughts kind of align. Uh, you know, he he dives in pretty deep to some good stuff. So it'll be good to chat with him about uh, about some uh, some macro stuff. So, yeah, pretty excited about it. Pretty cool. Yeah, so many thanks to all the uh, subscribers. We're now pushing up to 1,400 subscribers, rather, which is absolutely fantastic. As ever, if you like this content, go ahead and smash that like. Now, let's get into it with All In. All In, just uh, first of all, tell our viewers, um, how did you get involved in crypto? Yeah, so a little bit of background. Um, so I have a YouTube channel called All In Crypto. Um, go by All In. Been in the crypto space for about five years now. Um, my first interaction with really Bitcoin, because we didn't have this whole crypto space that we have today, was back in 2014 um, at the dawn of something called Silk Road, which we won't go 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 into. Um, but that's really where I first heard of Bitcoin and then kind of forgot about it as I was in my teenage years. And you've, you know, you know what it's like in your teenage years. You've got a million and one other things that you want to be paying attention to than, than Bitcoin yeah. and this new kind of monetary system. And it wasn't till the bull run of 2017 when I got back in. Um, as an investor, as a speculator, everyone was getting into crypto in, in 2017. I feel like I have a very vanilla story in regards to how I got back in as an investor, because it's like most other people's invest in things like Bitcoin. Then you go to Ethereum was a big XRP believer. And maybe we can touch on that a little bit later on um, back in 2017, 2018. And then I think when everybody kind of got fed up of the crypto space or had lost enough money that they didn't want to be here anymore in 2018, that's really where I started to do my learning. And I started to not only learn about what these cryptocurrencies are, but the sort of philosophical and almost political reasoning behind them. You know, you start diving into Satoshi, you start diving into this kind of libertarian view. Um, and then really did very well from being here from 2018 onwards, you know, captured the bull market, did very well out of De uh, DeFi summer for Ethereum, was early on things like Chainlink. And here I am today, you know, started a channel about two and a half years ago, nearly three years ago now, just started sharing my views and I'm still here today, thankfully. Yeah, you're really, uh, your YouTube page is kind of where I think I found you. Joey, Joey has been mentioning you for quite some time, um, but excited to to chat with you. The It's it's interesting because I, I feel like you're younger, right? So, because you're talking about Bitcoin and you were in your teenage years. So I'm more on the older side of things. So it's interesting to to hear and see from the younger generation, their excitement and as far as the Bitcoin space. Um, so I, I didn't know that we were gonna get into this type of conversation, but I am curious how investing at say 20, 19, 20 into, a, into things like that, how, how does that come about? Like what made you say, okay, I think at 19 or 20 years old, I'm gonna invest. Cause at 19 and 20 years old for me, I'm thinking about what frat party I'm going to go to, right? Like I'm trying to go, I'm trying to find some women at that point. <laughs> like, so for, for you at that age, what, what made you like, just what made it click? Well, I've always been a loner. Um, so that helps. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, but basically <laughs> I think, I, th I think really uh, sort of joking. I think really the, the, the reason for investing was just to make money. You know, it wasn't really yeah. when I first started investing, it wasn't because I necessarily believed in Bitcoin. It wasn't necessarily that I saw the vision. Um, like I say, it was really being here in 2018 when the kind of, um, you know, proposition of making loads of money has somewhat disappeared that I actually started to really research what was going on here. And today still carry the beliefs that were sort of formed from back then that I do believe this is a technological revolution. I don't know if you guys have seen Wells Fargo's latest report on um Blockchain, they essentially call it, you know, a world of opportunity and liken it, liken blockchain to electricity, the motoring industry, the internet. And I really do think that's what's going on. So initially it was just to make money. And as I've kind of spent a little bit of time in this space, I've really sort of aligned myself with what's going on here. The very definition of value is almost up for grabs, I think. 
Yeah, I think when people, I think when people tell you you're crazy to be invested in something, you're doing it right. Um, that's kind of like, like I grew up in the dot com era, right? So, like I was in school when internet, like, dude, I had pagers, right? Like I had a pager, didn't have a cell phone. Uh, we grew up during the internet. AOL.com was, you know, kind of the thing. And you know, my family didn't get involved. In and I'm looking back at that times, and I'm like, man, we're we're there now with crypto, right? We're in that Web three space. So yeah, you you nailed that right on the head. I just find it fascinating that the youngest, the younger generation, still they're they're thinking about these things now. It's 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 crazy how our society has developed and how you know the younger generation really just because of the internet and because of like cell phones and apps and things like that 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 you have the knowledge to and you have the know-how now to to be able to um invest in projects like this it's, it's fascinating i i've i've we'll do a deeper dive one day joey into all this because it just all blows my mind but um why youtube what made you want to start a youtube channel yeah just want to touch on the point that you made made before that sure, talking sure. about the younger generation i i think in the short life in the short time that I've been on this earth, one thing that I've noticed is the obsession with money has become greater and greater and greater. So I think younger people naturally want to make money. So there's a lot of crypto actually in terms of demographic is younger people. And that's interesting because I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, clothing, for example, everyone wants designer clothing now. It's all, we live in such a money, you know, wanting world that I think, I think it's natural for, for, for younger people more so than maybe some of the older generations, which money was still very relevant. To want to invest, to want to make money and learn and learn how to do that. But onto the topic of YouTube, I think it was really um, just to share my thoughts. One of the first videos I ever made talking about, you know, you you mentioned the dot com boom was was a video still up there. I think it got like sixty views. As you know, that's kind of how YouTube starts out. Yeah. Um, and it was called Bitcoin is following Amazon, and this was when Bitcoin was at seven k. Go right back to the start of my channel, you, you'll, you'll find it, and I was showing that. They had very similar trajectories. You had your kind of dot-com boom and bust, which was like 2017 to 2018. And then the charts, you could literally overlay them and they looked perfect. And the common denominator there, I think, was Amazon was spawned out of the internet and Bitcoin was spawned out of blockchain, both technological revolutions that are on a journey of adoption that we're still very early on. So I think for YouTube, it was really just, just a way of me to talk to people, really. You know, I've always been very good at talking to myself, so it was... Not that much <laughs> yeah different. i mean we we didn't plan on being on youtube either but it's just something that's just come about and like you said it it, it all stems from just uh, being passionate in the space and just wanting to share thoughts and opinions and also it's, it's a great way to you know help educate ourselves and learn right i found that i found making videos on things you you actually have to do the research whereas when you're just talking to your mates you know you're kind of like yeah you know you can sort of bluff it a little bit but when you're making a video you need to know what you're on about because there's a million and one people well, there's not a million. I wish there was a million and one people watching, but one you know, day. a lot of, of course, <laughs> a lot of people that are going to call you up on that. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, talk about uh, uh, teaching yourself as well. I mean, I've found it so fascinating to catch your chats with the likes of David Bell and Francis Hunt. And like, I've just learned so much and really thoroughly enjoyed listening to those gentlemen on your show in particular. Just how much have you learned from them? Unbelievable amounts. Francis is somebody I've been following for around about four years. And he's a traditional finance guy, you know, he's found himself in the crypto space now because it, you know, you, you, he's, he's a trader first and foremost, he's a lifestyle trader, and he's very good and has a very good understanding of the whole kind of macro picture, which is something that I was guilty of not paying enough attention to at the, at the end of last year. If I had only paid more attention and we can get into it when, when we talk about the macro kind of view right now, if I had only paid more attention to what was going on in terms of interest rates, in terms of liquidity, in terms of the fact that from March 2020 onwards, we just had this huge printathon, there was always going to be a hangover from that. And it's like, you know, when you're at a party, you don't want to stop partying. The next day, though, you're going to feel it, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I feel like we're living through in the crypto space. But David's brilliant as well. Um, he, he is, he works for TradingView. He's got something called Macro um, Dziak. Um, he, he's very, very knowledgeable. And I, I think one of the best things you can do in terms of learning is just listen, listen to people, talk to them. I don't know everything. I'm, I'm not a macroeconomist, um, but I have a good understanding of it relative to our space. And that's through talking to people like Francis Hunt and David Bell uh, and many others out there privately. Yeah, I um, sometimes have a problem with listening. I like to talk a lot and, I, and that, that, that tends to be a problem sometimes, but I'm doing much better at learning to listen. But you brought up the macro view. We might as well just go ahead and just dive into it. What is your overall 
kind of macro view of where we are in either traditional stocks or crypto. I feel like they're kind of aligned right now. Um, but what's your what's your take on the macro right now? I think it's a bleak picture. You know, I don't want to depress anybody. Um, and I, I don't think I think hiding your head in the sand and not dealing with what's going on it, it, it is a sure way to not only lose money, but be out of touch with everything. Right now, I, I really do feel like um, it's going to be a tough time for any market that needs money to, to sustain it. So we're going to sort of touch on this, this whole concept of liquidity. Um, and right now, when you have just this week, we have the Bank of Canada, we have the Reserve Bank of Australia, and we have the EU all upping interest rates. So many people right now are looking at the dollar and they're going, why is the dollar getting showing such strength? Um, and it's very self-explanatory in the sense that when the central bank, the US central bank up interest rates, what that means is you need more dollars to pay off the initial debt. So the dollar will naturally get a bid, which means people are going to need more dollars, less dollars going into markets. You also have um, individuals moving to the dollar for safety. I think really when you kind of look at the macro situation they're in that, that is the adverse of March 2020 onwards, where they printed all this money. We know what markets did. They went straight up. We're now at the other end of that. And I think this is going to continue until we've seen enough pain. I believe we're in a recession and I think it's going to get worse. And I really want to press this um, point onto people. Just, just this saying, when everybody needs cash, don't be in an asset that they're willing to sell to get that cash. That is crypto in a nutshell. That is um, the stock market. We're seeing huge decreases in the housing market right now, whether that be people you know, lowering their asking price for, for sales. We're seeing used cars. We're seeing demand destruction. And the really important thing for me with, with everything that Jerome's been saying, Jerome Powell, is he, he's told us, to his credit, and I don't like to credit the Federal Reserve for, for many things, but to his credit, he's been very, very open in coming out and saying, look, we are going to actively try to bring demand in line with supply. So what he's saying there is we're going to kill demand through interest rate hikes to bring it in line with supply. That means they're going to kill buying power, basically. That's going to be echoed forth into the crypto space. Yeah, he's been, he's been very transparent and with, with everything that they plan to do, right? Like everything they do is going to be based off of jobs. It's going to be based off of unemployment. It's going to be based on data. And so before their meetings, the data is always there. So um, yeah, I think, uh, I think we're still in a world of pain to come. And I think Joey, Joey sometimes has said this best is, and everyone's also brought it up, we haven't felt pain yet. Like, like it ain't, it ain't even happened yet. Joey, yeah. you can touch on I that. I mean, I've, I've been talking about this reality that a, a lot of people don't accept. They, they look back, they look when it, referring to crypto in particular, they're looking back at these previous cycles, these previous bear markets. And I think it's just, you know, a little bit naive and a little bit dangerous to just get too overly attached to that. Because like we've mentioned before on the channel that Bitcoin in its whole history, just been on this bull run with stock markets. And then this, we're finally seeing this pullback. So this is this is untested waters for, for Bitcoin. And I'm a true believer that we could actually be in a multi-year bear market. I'm really not, you know, that bullish on, ne on next year, certainly um, Q1, Q2. I think there's some severe, more more severe pain rather to come very, very potentially. Looking at charts like the NASDAQ, and I, I mean, I, I was calling out potential for that to, at least drop below 9k maybe 8 or even 7k is certainly in on the charts of what i'm seeing um and i was calling that out months ago so i think as we mentioned bitcoin is just so so tied to it at the moment this kind of the days have gone where markets could be going down and crypto could just be uh, skyrocketing up we've got to accept that there's so much institutional money involved now that the man's controlling it that that dream of it was the power to the people it might have been from the start but that's gone what all in what, what's your what's your thoughts on that i think you touched on some brilliant points there you know this is what people have got to remember bitcoin has never had to go through a recessionary environment the nasdaq since 2000 and we're going to bring this all back to liquidity the Nasdaq since 2008 has just gone up. From March 2020 onwards, it went pretty much vertical, right? Everything did. Yeah. That's all due to money supply. That's all due to liquidity. If you put the USM1 and you overlay that onto the Nasdaq, you can see that the NAS the growth of money went like that. The Nasdaq also went like that because there's that money to go in there. Then from March 2020 onwards, you see the growth of money go like that. You see the Nasdaq and Bitcoin go like that. We're now going like this. I would argue that markets are going to follow the money. 
I would, and, and that money hasn't just disappeared that's been printed, but it's going to more safer vessels. And you're absolutely right. This is why we've seen so many of these sort of historical metrics to call bottoms being validated because the time period is just simply different. Bitcoin has largely just been moving off of a four-year cycle theory that is centered around the halving. But even in 2018, the Fed were actually upping interest rates. Now, that undoubtedly had an effect on markets. And you can see that the bottom of 2008, and if you look at the euro dollars futures and the um, you can look at the 30-day uh, Fed fund futures rate, you can see that markets actually bottomed when interest rates talking about crypto here and, and other markets uh, respectively, when interest rates started getting priced in going the other way, so not going higher, going uh, lower, markets actually bottomed and rallied on the back end of that. So it's always been a liquidity and a macro story. It's just that now everybody's talking about it, and including myself, I wasn't really savvy with this stuff till the start of this year, really. We didn't really largely get out till 44K. We were late to the party of, 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 of you know fleeing to the lifeboat. But you live and learn. Um, and I think the points that you raise there is something that people need to understand. Bitcoin's never had to go through this, ever. So is the bottom in? No, not in my opinion. I think we've got a lot more pain to come. You, you mentioned the fact that we haven't seen pain. We haven't. You know, people go, yeah. oh, well, everybody's sold. Who's left to sell? Go and ask your mate that bought crypto in the bull, in the bull market if he sold his crypto. I can guarantee in the majority of cases they haven't. They're still holding on. So why do you... Why do you think people are holding on though? Is it because people don't want to take that loss? They don't want to take it on the chin? Like, I mean, I got out of the market. Yeah, it sucks, right? Like my portfolio was just, I, I think from a mindset point, this is my point of view on it is from a mindset point, you're watching it continue to just go down and go down and go down. And I think eventually you're just like, okay, I just need to cut my losses here and just wait. Um, and if I wait long enough and I can get somewhat close to the bottom and then rebuy in, I'm going to accumulate more, obviously, uh, tokens at the bottom, and then I'll just make my money on the way back up. But you're right. As I talk to people, they're like, no, I haven't sold. I'm like, so you're down what? Like 70, 80% on your portfolio. Yeah, do you have real. the cash at the bottom? Do you have the cash at the bottom to buy enough to make that money back up? Because it's going to take four or five years for us to get back to where you need. So what's your take on all that? Like, I just... Uh, you, you brought up liquidity. All liquidity is is cash. Yeah. So when we're talking about buying at the bottom... People need right. to have that money to buy to confirm that as a bottom. Yep. I don't think going into winter, when people's energy bills are going sky high, when you've got forced closure, when everybody's feeling the pinch, you know, mortgage rates going through the roof, they're not going to have the money to make that the bottom, essentially. So I think with people not selling, you're right, it's because they're 70% down, they're going, we don't want to sell at a 70% loss. But this is the dangerous trick. I, I hear this all the time. People go, well, Bitcoin's down 70%. How much lower can it go? It can still go down 100%. Right. You know, no, and I think, I think yeah. all in, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think a, so a lot of these big channels have, have tried to train investors' mindsets to never sell, right? That, like, if you look at, I, I don't want to bring anybody up. I'm not going to bring anybody up. We'll yeah, let's not do that. that. <laughs> no, I don't, I'm not going to bring anybody up, but I'm just in general, there's, there's two or three big channels that tell you not to sell because, I mean, realized loss at that point. But if you flip it, like, for instance, I was listening to Chris and Nick from Cheeky Crypto, and they said, look, if we sell here, if you sell, say you sell at 48K, and you just take that cash, you buy back, even if you bought back at 20K, the amount that you're going to accumulate is double, sometimes triple what you would have. And then when the market does decide to turn around, you have more at the bottom. I don't know about you guys, but the money that I put in at, say, 50K, I don't have that exact same of money now to buy at 20 cash reserves like you've been talking about. I don't have that kind of money. You guys might, but I don't, right? So it's sometimes it's a shame. And Joanne and I talk about this a lot. It's a shame that there's, there's YouTube channels that continue to just get retail wrecked because, you know, they have 600, 7,000 followers and they're just, you know, like, oh, the bull run is back on. And I'm like, no, it's not. Stop telling people that the bull run is back on. I don't know. I get frustrated. Sorry. I think I think a lot of it, and there's been a lot of lessons learned um, this year in particular. Is it, it's that hodl dream, isn't it? Everyone, everyone, a lot of people yeah. get stuck in that kind of hodl dream. And look, I've always said if you're buying the right projects and you're doing your research on it, and you know you're getting it at good prices and dollar cost averaging. Now, look, none of this is financial advice, of course, but you know, good, good luck to you if, if that's what you do, and you, you are going to hold for five, six years or whatever down the line. But if you want to live in the moment. 
and be that bit more greedier and and be like really trying to invest smartly. Sometimes you have got to take that loss and go, just hold your hand up and say, look, I, I, I got this wrong. I got this wrong. I bought too high, but it's okay. I need to get out this market now and get cash on the side because how are you going to feel if you've got no cash on the side when the bottom really comes, right? Or at least a, like a significantly lower price where you think, damn, I wish I could be buying now because that day will come. All in, what, where do you think, where do you think the bottom of Bitcoin can be? You know, I, I'm not actually looking at prices to determine the bottom. That sounds kind of um, not right, but I'm not actually looking at prices. I'm not looking at 15K, 12K, 9K. I'm looking really for the environment to, to, to suggest it. I'm looking technically at some sort of structure that may uh, proceed a bottom, but you have, to, there's no one bottoming indicator that I think is going to be right. I think it's going to be a collective of things. Talking about money supply again, I would look at money supply. I'd also look at interest rates going down to be a, a, a good maybe metric of when a bottom may be close. Because if the money supply turns on again and starts inflating, well, we've seen the correlation between markets and that. So that's one thing that there's a whole list of things. There's some great books out there. One book that I recommend people, one of the first books I ever read on investing uh, was a book from Stan Weinstein called The Secret to Profits in a Bull and Bear Market. And he talks about the four cycle of cycles of markets. It's just some good sort of background for people who are new to investing. And the point that Joe, uh, Joe made and you've made in terms of um, why aren't people selling? It's because people aren't active investors. They're passive investors. DCAing has kind of worked up until recently. But I think it, 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 it's different moving forwards. But I, I really don't know where the Bitcoin bottom is going to be. But there's going to be a series of things that there's going to be a series of events that lead me to believe that the bottom may be in or we may be close to it. And a point on when, you, when to invest, uh, and I, I talk to people about this, a very common question I get asked uh, is when, where is the bottom? Um, but, but a point that I think is important to, to bring up is when you think the bottom's in, don't go all in. Don't put 100% of your net worth back in there. Put a little bit, maybe it is the bottom, then you can put a bit more in, but maybe it isn't and you see that downside. Be cautious getting back into a market on such sort of um, volatile ground that we're on. Yeah, we're always advocates for money on the side. And of course, you know, people should never, ever invest more than they can afford to lose at all in this crypto market, especially about regulations, et cetera, right? Which we, we all do, right? <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're, all, we're all guilty of it now and again. We, we, we all do overstretch now and again. But let's talk about some, um, some, some crypto projects in particular that you're, you're bullish on. Obviously, following your, your channel, we know bullish on uh, uh, Cardano's ADA, uh, Polkadot, Atom. Let's just start on um, ADA, for instance, if you don't mind all in. So we've got previous hard forks um, with you know Cardano. They've come in a bull run and led to some you know significant um, price appreciation. Obviously, this time it's going to be a little bit uh, different with the, the Vassal hard fork approaching because we are, as we've mentioned, you know, deep in this bear market. And it's our belief that you know, ADA's got a significantly lower price uh, to come is that your read and expectation too that it will go down with the the market a bit further and then you know how how do you see the project um uh, looking in the future we're really excited about jed obviously we've got no dates on jed in the future but there's just so much building on cardano so much potential right yeah um we'll, we'll, we'll touch on layer zero which is really what you're talking about with polka dot and, and and cosmos but to, to, to tackle um cardano uh, I've been bullish on Cardano for a long time, uh, was a very early investor in it, uh, really through no reason other than it was on crypto's market cap to begin with. I've been around before staking was even a thing on, on ADA. Um, I think there's a number of things that make me bullish on Cardano. Um, and I think one area where I think ADA is really going to do well is in the developing world. Continents like Africa where there's more almost a, a, of, of a need for DeFi than we have in you know, the UK or the US or wherever it may be. Um, so that makes me pretty bullish on that sort of adoption. There's lots of wealth that's been un, un, untapped into and kind of one of the theses of blockchain is to onboard the next sort of you know, boatload of users. And I think Cardano, we're going to do that very well. They've done things in a different way. Uh, I love this kind of being in the crypto, I've not been here forever, but I've been here for long enough to sort of watch the evolution of blockchain. You have your first generation, which is Bitcoin, your second generation, which is Ethereum. Ethereum came about because basically they looked at Bitcoin and said, let's take this underlying concept of a blockchain and add smart contract capability. And now you have the likes of ADA um, and obviously Cosmos and Atom, which we can talk about, or Cosmos and Polkadot, which we can talk about in a second. But Cardano essentially looked at Ethereum and said, let's do this right. 
Um, I'm a fan of Charles Hoskinson. I think he has a pure vision for blockchain. And I think when you're talking about Charles Vitalik and Gavin Wood, founder of Polkadot, these guys have been involved in blockchain before it was even cool, right? So they, they have a passion for this. They have ideologies that align with it. And I like to follow projects that, that that's another thing that really attracted me to Ada. It's also got one of the biggest communities out there. I'm sure you guys have both seen the community on Twitter be represented. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. It, second to none, really, isn't it? Literally second to none. Maybe the Bitcoin community. Um, I mean, you've got the size of the mighty Shiv army, but that's a different type yeah. of community, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about them. Uh, um, <laughs> but no, it, 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 and, and what you mentioned about Jed, you know, they are so early on their blockchain journey. That, that makes me bullish. We haven't really seen the demand for ADA until what they're trying to achieve ha, ha, has kind of come to fruition. And that makes me bullish on the long-term prospects. You know, developing world is what they're going after. They're going after this kind of DeFi smart contract, you know, platform that's done right also with interoperability. I think it's very, very exciting. I think just given how early they are on their journey, that makes me bullish on the on the long-term kind of perspective. If it got to $3, and this isn't a, a, a future price forecast, really, you know, without smart contracts even being applicable, where may it go in the future? But that's all dependent on Bitcoin and the crypto space as a whole, I think. Uh, Ada to uh, the moon. To the Basically, moon. That's, yeah. That, that's, that's where I put uh, Ada. Yeah, Ada will be my biggest bag. Uh, everything basically you said is I, I, I just love Charles. It's, it's fun to listen to him. And, uh, he just, he just says things in a different way that I just appreciate. I also like the, the peer reviewed portion of, of how Cardano operates. Uh, and I think you nailed it with, uh, the Africa thing and kind of getting involved in a space like that. Uh, I'm, I'm extremely bullish on Cardano. Joey will tell you that it would be my biggest bag for sure. Um, but these other projects that you mentioned, look, I don't know a ton about those projects. I'm not involved. So um, what, what was Polkadot and what was the other one, Joey? Uh, Cosmos, Adam. Yeah. Cosmos. Uh, can, yeah. Can you well, talk? Before you, so I just wanted to say, um, all in, one thing I want to say about um, Polkadot and, and Atom, I want to just kind of get your opinion on this, because what I've actually noticed is that a lot of investors seem to either go for Atom or Dot solely. And there seems to be this like occasional beef between the communities. Now, do you think, is this just some kind of like, you know, your normal maxi nonsense and in reality, both these blockchains can flourish or is there sort of more of a direct feeling of competition in your opinion? What, what's, your, what's your take on that? Competition is healthy, right? It, it's what really drives one person to be better than the other. And we want these blockchains to be in competition with the other. For me, I think what Polkadot and Atom are doing is very much the exact same vision. They're, they're these layer zero blockchains, which is this new concept talking about the evolution and, and how we actually do blockchain. Just very, you know, on your point, I think it's just tribalism, competitive, you know, nonsense. I think they're both going to do very well. They both slag each other off. But this, I mean, what community isn't doing that in, in, in the yeah, that's space? Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair point, Like. Um, but I, I, I think with, with these two, and, and these two are actually two projects, and we're actually going to really dive into their ecosystems because people actually, we know the Luna fiasco. People forget that Luna, which got to a top 10 market cap crypto with 20 something billion dollars of value, UST was amazing, all this stuff before it crashed. That was built on top of Atom. Most people don't even know that. And this is the concept of layer zero. So you've got layer one, which is Ethereum, Solana, Avalanche, maybe you could say is a bit of a layer zero, but you know Cardano, and then you've got layer zero which is basically this idea. So Polkadot and, or the Cosmos hub does, but uh, Polkadot and Cosmos don't actually have smart contract functionality, which is news to many, many people. What they basically are is systems or ecosystems that allow people to build their own blockchains. That's fascinating to me. So instead of building a DAP on a layer one, you can build your own blockchain in a similar manner to how you could build a DAP. And what you take from Polkadot and Atom, uh, I keep, yeah, Polkadot and Atom, is basically they say to you, we're going to deal with the security. We're going to deal with the consensus. We're just going to allow you to build a blockchain. So you don't have to focus on any of that, which is a huge part of a blockchain. We're going to give you that by being a parachain or being a Cosmos SDK. And we're going to allow you to, to build a, 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 um, a specific blockchain for whatever it may be. So you have blockchains coming out on these ecosystems 
that have smart contract functionality. So you almost have layer ones like Cardano and Ethereum just built on top of Polkadot and, and Cosmos. And I think that concept, again, Luna was a Cosmos SDK. Yeah. That very concept of enabling people to build their own blockchains to be specific, give them the throughput scalability so they don't even have to deal with that is going to be more and more of the crypto story and potentially the right way of doing things. There are benefits to building a dApp instead of having your own blockchain, but a lot of these dApps aren't going to be simply scalable um, because they have to share transactional sort of uh, usage with like on Ethereum, for example, we know the story of gas fees. We know how slow it can be. Even aid is the same. Obviously the, the transactional fees are a lot less, um, but a lot of these dApps aren't going to be scalable. Whereas with this layer zero concept, they are going to be scalable because they're, they're their own chains. They just really uh, utilize the underlying consensus. It's, it's fascinating, in my opinion. That's yeah. why I'm so damn bullish on um, Cosmos and Polkadot. I'm I'm really bullish on um, Polkadot parachains in particular. I'm I'm looking at you know waiting for prices to get lower, and as the market goes down, I'm looking at Astar. I'm looking at Moonbeam. I think they're two projects that look absolutely fantastic, in my opinion. I think it's ones that people should definitely go do their research on. I haven't really got my head around the concept of para threads yet obviously it's sort of the you know the page you go model haven't really seen any of those yet so i'm kind of interested to see how that goes but in terms of the polka dot token as a whole i've got to be bullish on it i think just the way the auctions work i think it's just really kind of cool concept because i can just see so much um requirement for the token you know to to get involved in those auctions you're going to need dot to for the governance you're going to need dot i just i look at dot and i look at that all-time high and i'm looking at like 55 dollars and you know i think it's going to you know go below five dollars that's my that's my that's my opinion with, with with this market and i'm thinking you know if you can look at looking at polka dot sort of in that sort of two to three dollars range potentially let's see where, let's see where this where this goes in this bear market i think i think it's got great potential to go to, to new all-time highs down down the road it just it just looks to me like one that just hasn't really fulfilled its potential when you dive into what this project is doing i just think it's amazing cosmos i'll be honest i haven't looked as deeply into uh as polka dot but i'll definitely be uh up on my research on it Mike, you'll be uh, a convert I mean, for sure you'll be a convert for sure if you look into it 100%. Be, i'll be a cosmonaut right is that, is that what they call them yeah yeah cosmonaut there's a few <laughs> things might, that they're called i might convert now just listening to uh, you know i mean all in you just were like i was most excited i've seen you this whole time is when we started talking about like those two projects and uh, I've looked into polka dot just a little bit, but the way that you explained it, I think resonated more with how my brain worked. Uh, just the concept of the layer zero and how, you know, potentially other, you know, blockchains are being built on top of it. And they're giving you that, that Avenue. I might have to be, it might have to be a little bit of deep dive for me. I might have to take a look at it. I told Joey, I wasn't going to get involved with it. I think there's some other projects that I've said I've not, but, uh, the concept of the layer zero being a, pretty much a separate entity of the rest of the space would be something that I definitely feel like I would need to have some money in just because I need to have some money in it. I think, go ahead, Joey, you're ready. Just, actually, <laughs> just, just the principle for me of like having this relay chain and then having all these other parachains that are just fed, fed off it. I mean, I just can't see like, let's play the percentages here, right? Like think about how many parachains is going to be in the future. Just the fact that some of those could be like really successful. That's got to be bullish yeah. for that. You know, you they, can't could, play the they could be like a Luna, right? Luna got, I know Luna absolutely ended horrifically, but imagine a load of Lunas on all, all using, and, and they tackle, they actually both Cosmos and Polkadot tackle this issue of interoperability. So now if you want to interoperate between uh, blockchains, you need a bridge. Bridges, in my opinion, at the moment cannot be trusted. They are just getting hacked after hacked after hacked after hacked. Yeah. Whereas with Cosmos and um, Polkadot, if you build your own blockchain, so it's, it's an own blockchain for all intensive purposes, because of the actual uh, consensus mechanism, how it works as an inter sort of operable messaging service there, they can all connect with one another and interact and, and swap with one another. So I think it's, I think it's, I'm, I'm with you there, uh, Joe. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I yeah, think and, inter oh, sorry, go on, Mike. Go on. No, I was just going to say, I just pulled up CoinMarketCap because I was curious as to where is uh, Polkadot sat and it's top 10 right now. And that's before it, I, yeah, I might have to do so. I might have to do a little more digging. Thank you for all. 
for all of that. <laughs> in, in terms of in terms of um, uh, Cosmos's atom, I, I got I got to confess that uh, if, you know, in our actually own traders here at Cheeky, we are actually short on atom at the moment. But that's just from a solely from a, a structure perspective. But definitely not not flooding the project. Just think you know the wider the wider market is going down. I thought it was interesting that you mentioned their uh, bridges and how they can't be trusted as well. I'm totally totally aligned to that. I think interoperability and multi chain is absolutely the future. But where we go with these bridges i thought you had you had a great interview was it with um a damon was it from uh, charlie free yes yes uh, on the, about the, the the nomad bridge hackers mike you 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 were caught up in that one personally right you, you, yep. you you've you don't know what's going on with your erc20 tokens yet with charlie free is that right just sitting here waiting for them to adjust it and fix it yep. yeah i'm a, i'm invested in charlie three Yep. It, it, it depends when, so if you obviously were a, were a holder before the bridge hack, they are going to take some sort of a screenshot and then reimburse you on the Cardano side of things. Um, but there, there was a lot, lots of casualties caught out in that because people obviously saw the price drop and they thought, whoa, what an opportunity. We're going to buy, buy, buy. But what they didn't realize was they're not going to honor those tokens because it would inflate the overall supply. So it, it, it's, it's a real shame. You know, I have a lot of people that were caught up in that as well, um, but they will honor if you bought prior the it's just going to be a case of I've not touched in with Damon for a little bit, but I know that they are going to honor the other side of things and give you the Cardano equivalent asset, basically. Yeah, I uh, I think I had spoken briefly uh, about about the whole situation. But yeah, I mean, the morning that that was going on, I was like, oh, man, look at this price of and then I, I like went on and I saw, thank God, on Twitter, something, something someone posted about a hack and I read the article and it was like charlie three's involved and i was like okay don't buy anything because <laughs> i was sitting there like oh man what a great opportunity let me get into this let me buy some more um but speaking of this so let's let's get into some high risk stuff what are some some projects do you get involved with high risk stuff like lower lower cap coins and things like that when the price is right the price isn't right right now you know it, there's no point in me getting into low risk projects until i think this market's bottomed because they're going to get hit a whole lot harder than the likes of Bitcoin. All, all these small market cap projects, the liquidity can get drained out of them real quick. So for me, we, in terms of low risk, we spoke about Cardano, Polkadot, and um, Atom. Look into those ecosystems, because if they become as big as I think they will, those tokens that come out of the ecosystem are going to do very well. Remember Luna, and I'm going to keep that because people still don't quite get the concept that Luna was built know that. on top of. Yeah, I didn't know that. The, it, that whole blockchain, as well as they did, was facilitated by Cosmos, basically. That's fascinating stuff, dude. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, I, look, I most I would say probably eighty percent of the projects that I invest in are going to be on top of Cardano. That that's yeah. that's kind of what I that's how I've structured my portfolio. It's how my brain structured. Uh, that if I'm bullish on Cardano, then I need to be bullish on the projects that are being built. Um, and so the likes of Singularity Family, so AGIX, Estal. Uh, Newnet. Um, there are some other projects that I'm looking to to get involved with, but I I do like the high risk stuff because you know higher risk, better reward in high my reward, eyes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm trying to flip my money into big money, right? Like, uh, so you got to you got to buy the micro caps in order for them to explode, right? You know, Chris and Nick talk about it all the time. Getting into Polygon's Matic at half a cent, like look look where that went, right? Same thing with like getting into Cardano at like eleven cent, like it's insane. So um, yeah, I, I, Joe and Joey is, a so Joey, let's, I'll give him a little, little, um, hurrah here. Uh, Joey loves looking at a lot of projects, right? So Joey's involved with a lot of projects, which is why when we start talking about projects, you see Joey kind of take over because Joey knows a lot more in-depth stuff, but, um, Joey, what are some other ones that you're looking at? And then all in. Give me, give me something, man. Couple little projects that maybe you're looking into. Actually, <laughs> let's start with all in real quick. Give me a couple little projects that you're looking into. Any gems? So, so, so again, I'm gonna absolutely say that I'm not buying any gems at the moment until the bottom's in. Um, but talking about the ecosystems that I've just mentioned, Moonbeam. You mentioned it as well. You mentioned another one which I think people should pay attention to, but they're gonna have to go and rewatch this or or rewind it to get that from Joe. Um, and then you've got things on Cosmos. So there's things like Evmos and Juno. These are smart contracts um, platforms, just like Moonbeam. So you'll like if you like Moonbeam, you'll like Juno and Evmos. 
The, they're, they're a couple. I don't really want to give any, any more out. The reason being is because I, I just think it's super dangerous to be buying small altcoins right now when you have this kind of macro tidal wave that's got us pinned up against yeah. the rocks. Sure. You know, yeah. but, but, but for sure. And, and, and talking about, there are still opportunities in looking into projects. So we, on my uh, Discord, I'd mentioned to people about buying AA to finance in the run-up to the launch. That's done very well. So there is opportunities there in terms of trading altcoins, but in terms of buying small altcoins now, I would wait off because I think there's going to be a, it's not if you want to buy them, buy them, but I think there's going to be a, I think there's going to be more pain. I'm, I'm confident that going into winter where this market bottoms is anybody's guess, but we'll see the signs beforehand. Altcoins are going to get affected by that. There's no way they're going to escape it. We've seen it thus far. Yeah, I mean, I, I I totally align with that as well. I mean, I put out on Twitter literally a few days ago that it's my my personal belief that a, the vast majority of altcoins have still got a minimum of sort of fifty percent to fall in 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 my opinion. Um, you know, if anyone wants to follow uh, all in on on Twitter as well, absolutely go ahead and do that. It's a real all in crypto. That's with a capital R, capital A, and capital C. Make sure you don't uh, start following the scam profiles. I'm sure there's plenty out there. But yeah, yeah, I, I think like I said fifty percent easy on a lot of these projects look some some will stay in better structures some may only drop 40 some will get horrifically whacked and maybe got 60 70 percent to go that's just my prediction some may disappear altogether you know yeah, I, got... I think we, we need we do you're right i think we need a call look at what we've always said on this channel twenty thousand cryptos is absolutely ridiculous and there's a ton of crap coin out there right it, it, it's not until the tide comes in that you see who's been swimming around naked there's a lot of naked people out there you know, it, 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 there's so there's so many cryptos, and this is talking about what Cosmos and Dot are doing, and Cardano. They're doing things in a very different um, sort of pioneering way. In in many cases, I mean, their consensus mechanism or a Boros, Polkadot very much use a similar thing. You know, Cardano through their peer review. Um, I know I, I seem extremely bullish on on Polkadot and Atom, but I am very bullish on Cardano as well. Through their peer reviewing, they've actually opened up a lot of avenues for other cryptos that have actually copied what they're. Uh, doing certainly in terms of the consensus mechanism um but yeah you are right i think there's there's, there's lots i mean in 2018 i got caught up in a whole load of stuff I, I had crypto on an exchange called cryptopia that went under you know i was in all i think electronium was something i was investing in in 2017 i don't even know where that is now i've got it in a wallet somewhere <laughs> yeah you know and i think that still has to happen i think there's a lot of um it's all part of the lessons of the game right <laughs> of course of course yeah the game can be harsh Right. Like I, I, how I got involved with crypto uh, was overhearing a conversation my girlfriend's having with her brother about Shiba Inu. And I ended up just throwing money in and now I'm here doing a podcast. Like, you know, so I lost a lot of money. I was buying in like October, November of 2021. Right. So horrible time to start buying things. But I've learned a lot since then as far as investing. You know, it takes lighting money on fire for you to figure it out. But, for um, sure. It, 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 talk, talking about your, um, you mentioned Shiba, these kind of meme coins, just an interesting point on that, talking about learning about investing. At the start of this bull run, this, I mean, this channel literally opened up and then got the whole bull run. So it was very, it's good timing, really, not that any of that was planned. But I remember making videos talking about Dogecoin and Shiba Inu, really Dogecoin because I understand Dogecoin. It's been here for a long time. They don't even have their own mining. And I was basically saying to everyone, do not buy this coin. It is, there's no reason to be buying Dogecoin whatsoever. Uh, technologically, it's lame. It's one of the worst cryptos out there. It inflates. Its inflation model is ridiculous. There's no reason for you to... Fundamentally, there's no reason for you to buy this crypto. It then went on to pretty much outperform, except for a couple of my investments, every single one of my investments. <laughs> Got to love how that works out, right? And that's because people were buying it. Talking about liquidity, markets are all about people buying and selling. So it doesn't matter what I think. If people want to buy it, hey. Yeah, you know, people are gonna is... buy people are gonna buy whatever, but you can thank Elon for their pump. Yeah, there's not whatever whatever Elon's getting involved with, everybody the world thinks they need to be involved with Elon. Look, I love Elon Musk, don't get me wrong, but I think shilling Do Dogecoin is just a horrible thing for him to do. But hey, Elon could do whatever the hell he wants. Dude's rich as rich as whatever. <laughs> I, I, I often think about this and I think, why has he done this? You know, why hasn't he chose any of these other amazing cryptocurrencies to do this with? Surely it would be better placed enthusiasm, right? I think he did it to troll the US government and show them that their currency system, you've got a coin called Dogecoin here that is outperforming it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, 
I think it's got to be something along those lines for sure. Oh, he's definitely, he is the ultimate internet troll. I never, I never even thought about it like that. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100% he went with Doge, probably because of what you just said. It's having the shit technology. And then because he just is Elon and he can do whatever the hell he wants. Like buying a, buying a Tesla with freaking Dogecoin is insane, right? But I guarantee people did it. Oh, 100%. 100%. Elon's a very smart guy. You know, I've, I've been a bit of a critic of his, certainly in regards to pumping Dogecoin, but he's so smart. There's, there'll be some reason that none of us have thought about that's like interstellar that is the reason why he's, you know, who knows? But I'm probably going to get a lot of hate from the Dogecoin community because they're going to be going, oh, you know, Dogecoins. But that's just how I feel. I know people are talking about there's going to be DeFi and all sorts built on top of it. When that happens, we can reevaluate. But, you know, I still think Dogecoin is not an impressive crypto by any stretch of the imagination. All in. I wanted to get your um, thoughts as well um, on the future of uh, the NFT space. And uh, you know, are you involved in any NFT collections yourself? Or what? How? What do you see? Where do you see NFTs going? So again, and I, I don't like uh, you know, a kind of um, it's like Groundhog Day. I won't be buying anything, including NFTs, until I see reason to do so. There are opportunities, one hundred percent. Certainly, if you can mint them and then flip them for a higher price, uh, you know, after the mint, because people can't get in, and you end up getting like a thousand of them. It's ten thousand supply. That does happen, by the way, in a lot of cases of NFTs. But so I'm not going to be buying any NFTs. I will get back into the space. The metaverse really interests me. I know the cheeky um, fam have a metaverse going on at the moment, which is super interesting. Um, the metaverse really interests me, and that's because really from a price point, it's done very well previously. I made a video on Mana where I was talking about buying a parcel ages and ages ago, two something years ago, and I think it was for like less than $100. At one point, you couldn't get one for like 70 grand. Wow. There's Holy a crap. huge opportunity there um, to, 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 in regards to the metaverse. So certainly, if it takes off in the way I think it will. NFTs, I actually, and I'm going to, this might get a little bit of stick, but I actually don't think the primary use case for NFTs is going to be art. No, I actually, think, I'm, 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 aligned, I'm aligned with your thinking, but I'm going to see what you say first. <laughs> I, I think they have more of a sort of uh, fundamental usage. So there's a project that I was involved in. I've got a mate who's massive in Algorand. Huge, 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 huge in Algorand. Um, and Algorand is an interesting project. And he has he buys NFTs that represent a share of a property portfolio. I think that's more the way that NFTs are moving. I think they're going to be more have more utility in regards to maybe your house deeds is an NFT or your, um, I don't know, whatever it may be, proof of ownership is, is stored in an NFT and, and, and transferred. I don't think the primary use cases are, and let's be real, the majority of NFT art out there is garbage. Some of it is great, but the majority, I mean, it's like, you wouldn't put that on your wall, so why buy it, you know? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm super bullish on nfts with real world use case just the amount of things that can be made into nfts in terms of you know legal documents i i, I see like wills deeds tran you know all, all, all these like legal documents that can be you know we're storing things on paper and it's in filing cabinets i just think that the future is gonna you know completely get rid of them as well and i'm also really bullish on nfts as as tickets um you know we constantly see you know problems about um people having fake tickets trying to get um, entries into concerts and football matches etc i think if, if everyone's just got nfts on, on the phone on the metamask that's just going to completely nullify that issue so I'm, that's another area where i'm really bullish on nfts yeah i've got some great ideas for nfts um but maybe we can speak after this that i think would do really well talking about tickets um but there's yeah it's i'll tell you another aspect where i am bullish on nfts is gaming where nfts meet the sort of gaming world um, so at the moment, it's not really, you couldn't do it on Ethereum because the scaling just would, you know, who, what kid's going to pay? But for me, I always think like about my FIFA days when I used to play FIFA a lot, all my money went on FIFA packs, right? Yeah. I think NFTs are going to merge with that. And I think there's going to be, that's another aspect that I'm very bullish on in regards to the NFT space is merging with gaming. I think you're spot on there, Joe. Have you got any thoughts on that, Mike? Do you, what, what were your thoughts on NFTs? Uh, so I just started getting into the NFT space, but it was interesting what you brought up about the real estate play with NFTs. And um, I think that is a very good use case for NFTs. And Joey, Joey said the same thing, just being able to use it for, you know, tickets or even buying deeds, you know, buying, buying real estate. I think it's, a, I think it's a great use case. Like, I would much rather hold an NFT that says I own a property than try to find 4,000 pieces of paper that says 
you know, X, Y, Z on it. So yeah, I, I've just started learning a little bit more and more about NFTs. Never wanted to get involved in the beginning. I always just was like, I'm not buying a JPEG. I don't want to buy one. I don't need it. What the hell am I going to spend it on? But whatever. But now that I've started to learn a little bit more about it and start to understand it a little bit more, um, you know, I, I'm not the research guy. I'll be honest with you all. And I am not a guy that's good at research, right? Like I'm a really good listener and I listen to things that like Joey talks about or Chris talks about. And then I go and kind of just get involved with it because I trust these guys, right? But uh, we've talked more and more lately about NFTs and about NFTs with the real estate space. I think it's going to be a big play down the road. But what I wanted to ask you, because you brought up the, the metaverse, um, because Joey and I actually talked about gaming and metaverse the other day. Um, is there any other projects outside of Mana that, that, as far as the metaverse, that you do you just like metaverse as a whole? Or is there certain projects that you're bullish on? I like a lot of the Cardano metaverse plays, Pavia, shout out to Pavia, um, shout out to Capricorn. Um, I like a lot of these projects. I think in the long term, there's a place for them. Again, for me, really, I, I, if I'm not putting my money into crypto, there's no damn way I'm putting them into NFTs right now. And we've seen that with the, if you look at NFT sales, OpenSea volume, it's just dropped off the face of the cliff. Uh, it was down 99% the other day, right? From the, from the, I couldn't believe that when I read that. It was insane. Shocking. And that represents the overall environment that we're in because, yeah. you know, and this is the thing with meme coins, with, with even NFTs, when, when everything is booming and there's a huge bull run, everyone's going to be buying everything and making money. The opposite is true in the environment that we're in. I think it gets worse going into winter. I think if you have to choose between paying your energy bill or selling some of your crypto that you've got on Coinbase or whatever it is, it should be a no brainer. I, I dare say there's some people that will uh, fight against that. Why, as far as selling selling your crypto or paying your energy bill? Basically, I think some people may kind of really hold off and look to take out more debt and then get themselves in a bigger sort of mess. But, you know, who, who knows? Each to their own. Well, it depends on what, where I got in at. Yeah. <laughs> if, I want to, if I want to be cold, cold or not. Uh, if I got in a good price, then I might just hold on to it. I yeah, don't know. for sure. For sure. Um, who, who else out there on Twitter or YouTube, are you kind of aligned to, or are you kind of following, or do you just kind of stay in your lane? Um, obviously I think a lot of us kind of look at the broad scale of YouTube and things like that. And I think Joey and I, and Imran, we look for people that are kind of aligned to our thinking. And then that's who we want to talk with, like Adam Bergman, crypto boys, things like that. And, uh, you know, Joey has talked very highly of you for a very long time. And I think Thank after you. I was watching some of your videos, our, our thoughts do align with where we think the market's going. You're not a moon boy, right? Like you're calling it how you see it. And that's how, that's how it should be though, right? So is there anybody else that maybe you follow or maybe on Twitter or anything like that, that um, you, know, you, you appreciate their points of views on things? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I have been a moon boy. I'm not anymore. I've, I've converted away from that religion. Congratulations, um, congratulations. But for sure, I, I mean, and I just want to, I just want to say this before I go into who I follow on Twitter. I there's few people more bullish on the crypto space than I am. I really do believe this is a technological revolution that is going to change the world. Just how we're communicating over the internet right now via a PC. These are both technological revolutions that have come before us. Blockchain is going to be integrated into our everyday life, just like the motoring industry. We all drive cars. We don't even think about the fact that that was a technological revolution. So I really am very bullish on the long-term perspective for crypto. I just think we're going through a painful period that we're not familiar with, and we're going to have to sort of hash that out and fight that out in the ring. But we do come out the other side of it, talking about buying at the, at the bottom or when we think the bottom is in. That is still going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, in my opinion. In regards to who I follow on, on Twitter, of course, I follow the cheeky guys. Um, I've got you on Twitter, Joe. Um, and of course, for me, I really like macro people at the moment. So I'll follow people like Macro Alf. Lynn Alden is great. Obviously, you've got Francis at the Market Sniper, the Crypto Sniper. You've got David Bell. I try not to spend too much time on Twitter. Um, Good man. For a number of reasons. As I actively trade the markets daily. It's very oh. conflicting. So when you look at Twitter, right? Everyone's got a position on and what they tweet that day is going to represent that position. So you might be short, you come on and someone's long for the day. You've then got that conflict and you're second guessing yourself. 
So from a, a trading point of view, I try and stay the hell off Twitter and rely on my own sort of um, analysis. I think that's some really good advice there. Yeah. hundred percent. And it drives you insane because you'll then start hating somebody that you do. you'll be short some serious money and somebody else will be long and you'll go, I hate that guy. You know, why, why is he doing this? And it's like, <laughs> you don't even know this person. And that that's what markets are, are, are really about is taking money off one person and giving it to another for, for, for the traders out there. You'll know. It's not a fun time 50% of the time, you know? So, but in terms of people I follow, yeah, Lynn Alder, Macro Alf, um, you've got obviously Francis. He, he is uh, really somebody I've taken a lot from. Um, and then you've got people like David. There's loads of people out there, but I try and stay as much off Twitter, just like I try not to watch that much, that many YouTube videos, even though I am a YouTuber, I guess now. Um, as a rule. <laughs> you just fell, you fell into the YouTube space. It's kind of like Chris and Nick, kind of the same thing. Just kind of like just fell into it and now... They're at what, hundred and almost 140K? Oh, killing subs. it. Like, it's crazy. Absolutely killing it. Yeah, the cheeky, the cheeky boys are killing it. Huh? I think the ones that have organically grown are the the ones that I appreciate the most because I feel like they're a little bit more real. They're, they're a little bit more easier to align to and kind of have conversations with. Now, I did not know that you day trade, uh, that you're day trading daily. How it, Obviously, I want to ask, how's that been going? Yeah, good, good. Um, you know, people... Good out the people on Twitter that you see that are killing every single trade. Ignore those guys. Oh, a hundred percent. I don't listen to any the, of those movement the, guys. The, the reality of trading is you're going to be wrong a lot of the time. That's the reality. And you, but it's how you deal with being wrong that separates a good trader from a bad trader. So it's been going good. We've caught some amazing shorts. Everyone was going, Oh, how could you not have you know bought spot and rode this sort of hundred percent up on Atom or whatever it is? We made 153% shorting um uniswap on this recent drop. We're now out of that. But trading is trading, day trading is trading. You're going to get a lot of things wrong. You're going to get a lot of things right. Being profitable is really all that matters. We're profitable collectively. Um, at the moment, we are maybe looking for a bit more upside for Bitcoin before we get that continuation to the downside. Um, but we're not taking longs. I've avoided taking longs in this market. We're predominantly short continuously as, as a, even on my day trading thesis, yeah. just because I don't want to get caught out, you know, very easily happening. The markets at the moment, you've been trading and day trading these markets for the past seven, eight days. You're not having a good time. I can tell you that now. And you mentioned you were short Atom, um, Joe. I've lost a lot of money shorting Atom recently, you know, yeah. but I will make it all back. It, it, a lot of trading is trial and error, being wrong, 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 all of a sudden very right and, and, and kind of making up for, for the mistakes you made previously. So yeah, trading. Um, Sucks at times, but it can be the best feeling in the world. When you get a trade right, there's no other feeling like it. See, the problem I would have with trading is I I love adrenaline off of things like that. So so say I short something and I make a f ton of money, right? Well, then I'll probably become obsessed, and that would be that would be a problem. So that's why I stay away from day trading because Joey will tell you I'm a very impulsive person when it comes to buying crypto or or whatever. I'm a poker player by nature. I love poker. I've always loved gambling. Um, so to me, at the beginning of this, this was a gamble for me, right? But as you learn more and more, like you just said, the space is just, we're in a unique time in the crypto space. But uh, as far as day trading, Joey's like, Mike, you ever going to day trade? I'm like, dude, I don't have time. I can't. I, I just, I need to be able to sit there and kind of like pay attention to it. But uh, yeah, congrats to you, man. Just keep on, keep on making that money. Print yes. that bread. It's not not what you think trading. It's uh, it's a nightmare. Um, no, it, it sounds miserable. <laughs> it, it, it can be very, very miserable. It, it's almost like one of the best self-help sort of getting to know yourself journeys you'll ever embark on as a human being because you really get to know yourself as a trader. You get to know your emotions. And you know how we see this kind of image of traders like Wolf of Wall Street? They were brokers. You try trading coming in off a two-week bender. No. You're gonna get everything wrong. You yeah, need to not, not having as a trader. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's like no in, in our traders here. I, I I'm always um, you know speaking to the community, and I'm always just saying that the num one of the number one things I promote is is you want to be successful at this. You've got to be emotionless. Like you've or no one can ever be a hundred percent emotionless. You know, a win's a win. You get a buzz, lose, not so good. You're down a little bit, but. The, as, as close as you can get to emotionless as possible, I truly believe that that's what makes you more successful in the, in the long run. So many times I see like people reactive to one candles. Oh, Joe, should, we've got this take profit set. Should we just, should we pull it now? Said, no, no, no. 
just stick to the idea. The idea was sound in the first place. Doing all these red and greens flashing all over the place is to psych you out and to mess you up. That that's as I, I could talk, I could do a podcast on it for about five hours talking about the psychology of trading because I just find it so such a fascinating thing. But well, <laughs> I think we'll leave it on that. But yeah, all in with it's been absolutely fantastic um to have you on the podcast. We really do um appreciate it. Now, any of our any of our regular viewers um, listening in, definitely go and check out All In's channel on YouTube and give them a subscribe. I think you're going to absolutely love the content. It's absolutely um, alpha. All In, have you got anything before we wrap this show up? Have you got anything you, you want to add? Uh, no, not really. Just thank you very much. You know, it, it's a pleasure to both uh, meet you, Mike, and, uh, and meet you, Joe. I'm sure we'll do this again sometime. You know, it's been a blast. I always love talking to people that are as enthusiastic as I am. Um, and just just you know, stay safe out there, guys. At the end of the day, I, I do see pain coming down the road. But always remember, go and read the Wells Fargo article, Wells Fargo, third largest bank in, in America, not that we can trust the bankers. But what they say about crypto and the direction of where it's going is very much aligned with my thoughts. You know, we're seeing all these big institutions get involved in the crypto space. It has a future. But for now, be patient, ride out whatever's coming and uh, and set yourself up um for the future so thanks a lot for having me on guys it's an absolute pleasure yeah it's been uh it's been awesome having you on man i'd love to i would love to do this again and uh continue to you know kind of go back and forth we like we've had adam bergman on multiple times it's just great to have a chat uh with people that are like-minded like us right we all kind of see the same view and um i guess we're all aligned to what wells fargo is saying uh crypto i i feel like crypto is the future so I appreciate you coming on all in. It's been great to meet you. Keep killing it in the YouTube game. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you all, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. Like I said, go and subscribe to All In's channel. Thank you all to our new subscribers. We're pumping up to nearly 1,400 now in just over 60 days, which is absolutely fantastic. And if you have thoroughly enjoyed this content, you know what to do. Go ahead and smash that like. We'll catch you all in the next one. 